0: Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson, the podcast where she speaks to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about why they connect with nature. Alexis Ashworth is a founder of Root in Nature, a social enterprise that brings the healing power of nature and plants to the community through horticultural therapy, nature-based programs, and employee well-being. This started for Alexis from a longtime love of plants and gardening and an appreciation of their therapeutic benefits. Alexis spent 11 years as CEO of Habitat for Humanity in Ottawa and Halifax. She holds a BCom in finance, an MBA in international development management, and is a member of the Canadian Horticultural Therapy Association. On the weekends, she can be found in her fruit and vegetable garden, growing food for her husband to cook and two young daughters to enjoy. Love this chat with Alexis. I hope you love it too. Alexis Ashworth, thank you so much for joining me on Let's Take This Outside.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: A friend of mine actually sent me your article in the Ottawa Business Journal, and I was she was like, you should probably talk to her. I'm like, yes, this is exactly someone that I want to talk to. Because I don't know if you had a chance to listen or not, but this is usually like athletes and scientists. But this like perfectly aligns with, I guess, my mantra about connecting people with nature. And it's a different way. So I'm really excited to talk to you today.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, your podcast is wonderful. and I'm happy to add a different flavor.
0: (laughs) So the reason I want to talk to you is root in nature. That is your business. And Cool name, first of all, but what is Root in Nature and where did this idea come from?
1: Yeah, so Root in Nature um, connects the community with plants and nature to benefit their health and well-being, and we do that with horticultural therapy, with nature-based programs, and with uh, employee well-being. And the idea, um, well, it's a bit of a story, I guess. Throughout the pandemic, I was a CEO of Habitat for Humanity, and I have a young family. I have two young kids. And it was kind of a stressful time for everybody and, you know, particularly leading a not-for-profit. And I found myself turning to nature and gardening and plants to just improve my mental well-being and to stay present and calm. And um, I started working with an executive coach and that kind of passion just came out in our sessions. And she suggested that I explore it as a career opportunity. And honestly, I had never even considered that that could be a career path. Uh, my background is in finance. I've always had a real interest in social finance, like where kind of social impact and finance merge. But I thought, you know, wow, that would be really cool if my personal passion, like what I love to do in my spare time could actually be a career. And I had been exposed to horticultural therapy many years ago in the UK and just kind of Googled horticultural therapy, Ottawa. And this woman named Sarah Shapiro came up. She's a horticultural therapist at the Pearly Rito Veterans Health Center, now Pearly Health. They rebranded, and yeah, I just reached out to her on LinkedIn and said, "Hey, I'm interested in horticultural therapy. Do you want to connect?" And we had a great phone call, and it turns out she's like a young, ambitious woman herself, and wanted to spread the word about horticultural therapy, wanted to see it expand and become more well known and more practiced in Ottawa. So we joined forces and started forming Root in Nature, and she's working full-time pretty much at the Pearly. So I kind of lead the business, but
0: she was the inspiration behind it and the reason that I decided to take this route. I would say that's probably a combination of inspiration because it sounds like you came up with the idea and then she was already kind of doing what you wanted to do and you took her, her expertise and kind of grew that into your business.
1: Yeah, I guess you could say that. We, we had you know these connections, these regular phone calls over the course of a few months where the business was kind of taking shape. And I would say we're still in the period of, you know, experimentation and seeing what's going to work in the community where there's a need. Yeah. So she was definitely part of that forming process. And I think we both brought our kind of visions and, and merged them into what, what became rooted in nature.
0: This is more of a selfish question because I did a career pivot, uh, almost exactly a year ago and I'm doing, you know, with this, I'm doing voiceover, but to see other women doing that, especially in the last couple of years and really going for their passion and what they want to do is really inspiring. So I wanted to ask, you know, what's it like to bring a dream to life and see it flourish. And I know it's not just all flourishing. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of heartache too.
1: Yeah. It's an interesting question because, um, I'd like you to ask me that in a year or two when I can actually see that this is going to be a, you know, a career that can, yeah. can uh, you know, allow me to have the kind of lifestyle that I want. Like right now I'm in a period of just loving what I do every day and being, you know, so energized and like pinching myself some days, like I get to do this, but I still have to make a living for my family. You know, I have a very supportive husband, thankfully, with a very stable, you know, job, but it's a leap of faith for sure. And I have the kind of personality type where I'm just like, it's going to work and I can make it work. And the staff who worked with me at Habitat. Thankfully, like they said the same thing, like it's you, so it's going to work, <laughs> you know, like you'll make it work. And I think there's such a demand for this right now. I think that there's a need for it and it resonates with people. So I think it is going to be successful, but it takes time. And yes, last year, last summer was really tricky when I was doing both the CEO job and forming Root in Nature at the same time. There was about a six month overlap where I was doing both. That was a bit insane. So I'm, I just like, I was so happy when, as much as I loved the job and loved Habitat, I was quite happy to focus full-time on Root in Nature. And um, yeah, I hope
0: I get to do this for the rest of my career, knock on wood. I hope so too. And I do agree that it's badly needed, not just Ottawa, but I think in our society right now. And there's a quote on your on your website that pretty much kind of summarizes Root in Nature. So I'm just going to read this out loud. I want to know what this means. I want you to explain it to me. Rooted Nature's mission is to bring the healing power of nature and plants to the community through horticultural therapy, nature-based programs, and employee well-being. You essentially said that earlier, too, but can you explain what this means and what that looks like in practice?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think people interact with nature and plants all the time. I mean, anytime you're outside, you're interacting with nature and plants. But horticultural therapy really teaches you how to interact with plants in a healing therapeutic way that is great for your mental health and your physical health. So we are teaching people how to interact with plants and, and nature to gain all those healing benefits that are so badly needed right now. I just happened to chat with someone about a potential client who has, you know, low mood, anxiety, PTSD, worry, like those are all things that horticultural therapy can help alleviate in, in people. It gives you a sense of purpose and a sense of accomplishment, you know, when you plant a seed and you see it come to fruition, then you, you harvest the food that it grows. It's an incredible feeling. And I think that it shows people how they can tap into what's already there in nature, but do it in a way that's
0: specifically healing for the, the issues that everybody's facing right now. I'm gonna ask you a very dumb question, but what is horticultural therapy? Like, what does
1: that look like? It's using plants and the garden landscape as a healing modality for people. It is practiced by trained horticultural therapists. So horticultural therapists generally have a horticulture background, like some knowledge in plants and gardening and kind of social uh, human sciences background. And then there's specific horticultural therapy training. So they are looking at, you know, the specific needs of clients and individuals and Designing a program that will, you know, meet those needs, whether it's lifting mood or improving, you know, physical functioning, improving cognitive functioning, you know, counting seeds, planting a certain way. So it's using plants in the garden landscape to improve well-being for people, and
0: and doing that in a trained, professional way. And these programs must be long-standing because it's not just like plant the seeds. We're good, you know everything's fine because you have to wait for it to grow. You have to tend to it. You have to water it. You have to whatever that looks like. So it must be an ongoing program, right? It must be ongoing and yeah, it
1: is in a lot of cases. I mean, the pearly—it's been happening there for I don't know twenty years or so. Sarah's been working there for the past seven years, so yes, it can absolutely be a long, long-standing program. There's research and, and studies where even like a six-week program had a long-term impact on on people. For example, if you are suffering from anxiety and you have like a worry loop that's just continually going in your mind, in your brain, horticultural therapy can actually break that cycle and it can have long-standing impacts even after that six-week period. There's a healing center in uh it's somewhere in Europe. I knew I was going to forget the location, but it's for for executives who are burnt out and who are type A, go, go, go types. And there's a program where they go to this place and it can have long-term impacts beyond just that, that Healos healing few weeks because of things like just breaking the cycle, breaking the the worry loop um, that people experience.
0: Can you explain a little bit more, maybe some of these studies that like, can you almost boil it down to something a little bit more basic? Like how does, you know, putting your hands into the soil heal? How does planting seeds heal? How does watching things grow heal? Like, how does that work?
1: Yeah, well, and I should preface this with that I'm not a horticultural therapist. You know, I oversee the, the whole business. So this would definitely be a better question for a horticultural therapist. Um, I did study the foundations of it just in the process of launching the business. I needed to to fully understand. But yeah, I mean, there's... Things like even just getting your hands dirty with soil has microbial benefits, right? So just the physical aspect of interacting with plants and it it actually improves your long-term health. Like kids who grow up on a farm, for example, will have less long-term health issues than people who grow up in an urban environment. That is one area actually that I've studied more extensively is um, the effect of nature in the workplace. I do a presentation called uh, Nature in the Workplace with Dr. Owen Wiseman. And so we talk about the effects of natural light and potted plants and nature scenes in the workplace for mental health and physical health and productivity. And there's a great book, actually, if you're interested in the science of it, called Your Brain on Nature, which is really a a wonderful, wonderful read that's chock full of research and data. But yeah, that's one example is just the physical effects of having your hands in soil is like is very uh, therapeutic. And another example would be a amaryllis program which is done with people who are suffering from loss or have depression you take you know an amaryllis bulb and you nurture it and plant it and then you watch it grow and then it has this spectacular big bloom and it for like a senior who has lost their spouse for example it just gives a sense of of joy you know to look at it it's like something that's brings a lot of joy to people's lives i think sensory experiences is another thing i could uh, mention, but, you know, we do a lot of work around smell and touch and sight and even hearing, like focusing on your senses is something that's very grounding and can really help, you know, manage anxiety and worry. So that's something that horticultural therapy kind of teaches you how to do with the natural environment and even with husbands.
0: Hi, it's Marianne. The Rideau Lake Cycle Tour is coming up June 8th and 9th. And if you're interested in getting outside for the ride from Ottawa to Kingston and back, use the promo code OUTSIDE2024 to get $20 off any two-day ride at ottawabicycleclub.ca. That's promo code OUTSIDE2024. I'm Sarah Burke, and
1: I host the Women
0: in Media podcast,
1: where I'm exploring the challenges women face in the media spotlight and celebrating our triumphs. My guests come from radio, TV, news and sports, and we'll cover topics like leadership, diversity, stereotypes, and more. Most of all, I'm looking to build a community through a space where we can discuss anything. The Women in Media podcast, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at womeninmedia.ca.
0: Let's take this outside with Marianne Iveson. I want to make a quick point that you said kids who grew up on a farm, they're more likely to be connected to nature. So I grew up on a farm in Southern Ontario along with a brother and sister. And it's so funny to look at how much we love nature. my, My sister's actually taking horticulture right now at Guelph. I love hiking and nature and getting dirty. And my brother, you know, the same way he loves the outdoors too. So I actually like look back And whenever I say, like, where did my love of nature come from? I'm like, it's from playing and growing up on a farm and in nature and outside and spending most of my time outside. So I just want to confirm from a personal standpoint, that 100% I give so much credit to growing up on a farm to that, right?
1: Mm -hmm. Well, lucky you. I didn't grow up on a farm, (laughs) but I've done quite a bit of woofing actually. And I love farm life. Oh, it used to be called willing workers on organic farms. I think they rebranded to worldwide opportunities on organic farms, but you can basically work anywhere in the world that has a woof program. You work for a half day in exchange for your food and accommodations. So you basically live for free in exchange for a half day of work. Yeah, I've done that in Australia, New Zealand, Scotland and England, and I really fell in love with farm life that way. And it's a great way to kind of immerse yourself in the local culture, too. So good for you. I'm jealous that you grew up on a farm. You'll probably have better long
0: term health because of it. I hope so. I think it definitely helps. But I actually want to talk to you more about your connection to plants and gardening. And so you actually just mentioned that you did woofing, which we just found out what that is. But I wanted to know where that came from, like where it started. And then what does that connection to nature feel like for you?
1: Well, I've had a vegetable garden in the summer for as long as I can remember. um, Since I've been owning homes I always try to have a house like on a corner lot with as much land as possible so now I've got you know a couple apple trees and pear trees and lots of garden beds I honestly was not interested in indoor plants like in actually learning about them and kind of interacting more with them until COVID and that's when this sort of new fascination came into play I just started learning more about the different genesis of plants and what they need and all the very interesting varieties of, of house plants. So yeah, for me, it started with gardening, just vegetable gardening. It's something I look forward to every spring. Like it's definitely my favorite time of year, planting seedlings inside and then planting them out and watching them grow. It's just a miraculous thing to take a tiny seed and put it in the soil and then watch it grow. And it's really uh, incredible experience. And every year it fascinates me. Just, it's not just kids who would be fascinated by that. I think it's pretty incredible experience. And I use it as therapy myself. Now that I've studied a bit about horticultural therapy, I can identify what activities might help with what I'm going through. So for example, I missed a flight a few weeks ago. It was an awful experience. <laughs> if you had 15 minutes, I'd tell you the story. It's awful. <laughs> anyway, but, Is that a problem right now? (laughs) It wasn't even to do with that. But anyway, I did it. Uh, So I missed a flight. I came home. The first thing I did was grab my gardening tools and I went out and weeded for an hour. And I felt so much better when I was done, like so much better. I knew that the feeling of accomplishment of like weeding those garden beds that I'd been neglecting was going to make me feel better. Like something would have been good from missing those flights. And I had the physical experience of, like, getting my aggression out by pulling out weeds and getting my hands dirty. (laughs) Like, honestly, weeding is the best stress relief. So it's great now that I have experienced the (laughs) horticultural therapy. Like, you laugh, but, like, I know when I need to weed. That's great. I know when I need to smell a flower. I, I observe things, like, so much more. Just noticing nature is amazing for your mental health. Just Literally taking the time to smell a flower. The old adage to like stop and smell the roses is so true. It's just so true. Just take the time to do it because it has big impacts. You should start a course
0: called aggressive weeding. (laughs) Yeah, I could. Yeah, yeah, I could. yeah it's a terrible a idea. I'm it. so sorry. <laughs> I'm really lucky that like I live with just in an apartment building, but I have some neighbors who have some beautiful gardens. And right now, you know, we're in the middle of summer and just the smell of the flowers and the trees and the way they take care of it. It actually instantly boosts my mood every single time. Lilacs have to be my favorite. We kind of we're past that now. But, you know, that that smell and it just brings back so many memories, too
1: lavender too like having a lavender plant there was a while where I would keep a piece of lavender in my car because I'm the type that like doesn't like to you know (laughs) sit at red lights so close your eyes and sniff some lavender for a sec and it really does boost your
0: mood and calm you. I want to talk about some of your programs that you have to offer you've been working with youth for a while now but what do you have on the go?
1: Yeah, so we started partnering with ChiO to do programming for youth with autism.
0: ChiO is the children's hospital in Ottawa for anyone who isn't from here?
1: My very first exposure to horticultural therapy was actually on a wolf farm, incidentally, in the UK about 15 years ago. And kids with developmental disabilities and autism came to the farm and participated in horticultural therapy. So... I always knew I wanted to have a program for youth with autism because it's a population that can really benefit from horticultural therapy. There's a great program, too, in the UK called Thrive UK. Um, If anyone's interested in this topic, Thrive UK does a lot of work with youth with autism. There's a huge demand for therapy for autistic youth. Like, If you uh, go on any website looking for therapy, it's like if they even have a wait list, it's years or the wait list is closed. There's just such a huge demand for it. So I'm really looking forward to offering an accessible program for parents who have kids with, with autism. So we started doing a program for youth who are age 10 to 13 with GEO. Now we're offering our own independent programming for that same population in the summertime starting July 16th to August. So I think that will have been underway or finished by now. We have a program starting in the fall for younger youth with developmental disabilities for youth with autism again. And yeah, so we're going to be really
0: enhancing our programming in that area in the coming year. I know that that is also very badly needed, especially in the province of Ontario right now. Not to make this political, but I know that helping children with autism is is badly needed right now. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It really is. And as I said, it's a it's an area that I'm looking forward to just growing our programming availability in so people can can access it. And I'm working with a PhD social work student now on kind of social justice pricing. So we have different kind of buckets of pricing so that everybody can access these programs and, and they're accessible to everybody. You also have a virtual series
0: called Mind, Body, and Soil. Super cute, by the way. <laughs> cute name. Thank you. Thank you. If it's virtual, does that mean anyone can take it from anywhere? And what is it? It's a five-part
1: series. There's a one-hour version and a 30-minute version. We offer the one-hour version for individuals and for companies, and we do the 30-minute version pretty much just for companies because um, it's less interactive. It's more like you could do it with your cross-Canada team. And it's a series of five sessions. The first is on kitchen gardening. So what seeds can you save and how can you regrow what you're already buying from the grocery store? This also, I feel, is like beneficial to know from an economic perspective too. Grocery prices are going through the roof. Gas prices are going through the roof. If you can learn how to regrow the lettuce you're buying or plant pepper plants from the peppers you're, you're buying, we want to teach people how to kind of garden from their kitchen scraps. So that's the first session. And the second is on emotions and choices in the garden. So we talk about companion planting, color theory, emotional naming. The third session is on seed starting and choosing plants. So we teach you how to start seeds, um, assess your garden space and set, some, set goals Fourth is on plants and people. So this is kind of an interesting session comparing plant care to self-care, because a lot of the things that plants need are also things that that we need and people need to be healthy. So we kind of look at that and analyze that. And then we talk about transition and change, and that's kind of our transplanting and handling change final session. So, yeah, that's offered in a couple of different formats.
0: And also nature in the workplace, you already mentioned it, but it's seminars for companies right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, individuals can take it as well, but it's basically teaching people how to incorporate nature into the workplace for improved mental and physical health and also improved productivity. I'll give you one little stat from that presentation, which is staggering to me. If people, companies have one plant per square meter uh, in their space, it can increase productivity by 15%, which to me is (laughs) Mind blowing. <laughs> it's like any other intervention that could increase productivity by fifteen percent should be, you know, looked at carefully and, and implemented. So that's the kind of thing that we teach people in that presentation is how to, you know, make nature uh, work with you in your workplace.
0: I'm going to post all of your links in the show notes. But where can people find you? Your website. I'm so excited that this is a podcast episode because it like adds to the roster of coolness. I'm that sounds very like, I'm like, Oh, my (laughs) podcast is so cool. No, I just mean like it just adds to the roster of people connecting with nature. And I feel so lucky to have talked to you and uh, talked through this.
1: Oh, that's really kind. Thank you so much. I I'm happy to talk about this anytime and and honored to be on your podcast. So thank you so much. So yeah, people can find us at our website, which is rootinnature.ca we're active on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And you can email me at alexis at Nature if you want to connect with me
0: directly, alexis at Nature.ca. I'm also going to ask you about that flight thing in like two seconds. So <laughs> okay. Thanks, Alexis. Okay. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. For more, let's take this outside. Go to com slash podcast. Come on a journey like no other it's not for people who like yoga, it's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Produced and distributed by The Sound Off Media Company.